Hi, I'm Albion Lyons. And I'm Doug Weiss. And welcome to Love Life. So Douglas, I hear this all the time from single friends, those back on the market again. Are there any good men or women for that matter left out there? I want to find somebody good and I feel like the pickings are really slim. So where are the good ones? So my question to you, Douglas, is how do you find a good one and are there good ones still out there? And don't use Peggy as an example because she is an exception to the rule, Douglas. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> you know, this question, <laughs> gosh, this, I feel like, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, talking about fruit. <laughs> this one's ripe. <laughs> this one is, this would be tasty. Um, yes, of course, there are good men and women left out there. Where do you right? find them? Yeah, well, well, let me back up a second because I really want to kind of Establish pull away <laughs> at this question of why anyone asks that question. Okay. Um, it seems to me that if you're asking that question, it presumes, first of all, that you haven't had a very um, successful experience in, in identifying right. someone. Second... Uh, there's something implied by good one, you know, <laughs> <laughs> ripe one, um, um, ready for picking. Uh, there's a criteria being applied, mm. consciously or otherwise. Right. And I, I suspect that um, where people voice that kind of an opinion, the criteria that's being applied is not being applied in a conscious way. Mm. That is to say that that there's some subtle, built-in, inherent biases about what constitutes a good one. Interesting. That that are being applied as the filter, and therefore a lot of folks are not passing muster. And we were talking earlier today um, about a, a someone that um, I knew of who had a lot of criteria. In fact, this woman could never find someone, even though she was, to all outward manifestations, you know, a perfectly desirable person. She was attractive. She was successful, uh, professional, um, and yet uh, alone, mm. and not by choice. Mm. But when you spoke to her, what you heard was all the rules. I won't date anyone like this. I won't date anyone like that. I won't date anyone like this. Well, when you've narrowed the list. <laughs> to 3% of the population. Right. And that would be the world's population. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you may have some difficulty then in, a, in finding, um, you know, your perfect mate. So then I have to ask the question. You said that she was not alone by choice, but is that really true then? Because well, she would have said she wasn't alone by God, choice. That's exactly what I was going to say. Right. Because if you're, if it's your list, it is your choice what you will and will not negotiate on that list. Mm -hmm. So you have to accept that the that everything in life comes with consequences, good and bad. You know, if I only am going to date a man that is making high six figures, if I'm only going to date a man that is over six feet tall, if I'm only going to date a man that does not have children, if I'm only going to date a man that has never been divorced before, if I, and the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. And conversely, I don't want to date a woman that has children. I don't want to date a woman that doesn't have at least a 700 credit score. I don't want to date, a, you know, like, well, depending upon what's on your list, 
quite frankly, if you are alone, you have to recognize that you are actually alone by choice because you are choosing what is on your list of negotiables and non-negotiables. Although you may call yourself a passenger in the seat of your relationship life, the truth is you're driving it and you have decided your left turn, your right turn and your go straight. So wherever you end up, you own it and you can't be passive about that thing. And you may not like where you end up, but we but we have to take personal ownership for what it is we decide we will and will not deal right. with. So there's a larger frame around this for me. And that is how you encounter life experiences and other people in general. Mm. Because I think you're absolutely right. And I, I actually don't think this is a, an exception. Many, many people I know have either explicitly or implicitly got a, you know, got a, a set of, yeah, you know, they've got the criteria. Mm-hmm. Who's acceptable, who's not acceptable. I think if you, if you approach life on the basis that every experience that you have, even negative ones, are worth having. Mm. Because there's something that you can take away from that experience that's going to be valuable to you. Right. Then meeting somebody, whether they are, quote, dating material or not, marriage material or not, mm-hmm. is a worthwhile experience. And let's face it, I... I I hate to say this, but I but the the love at first sight, the <laughs> the uh, that experience that we all have been taught or told or uh, watched is in a movie. What, what we should hold out for is really an exception. I'm not sure I I buy it hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I think there are sparks. Don't don't get me wrong. Right, but, but if I think, it is that not love, this is the love sight? of my life, and I met them. <laughs> I knew instantly. You know, that's a great fairy tale. Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, but uh, so so understanding that, finding out whether uh, this is this person that I'm going to meet is uh, ha- is somebody that I can grow invested in mm-hmm. takes time. It does. And if I've started with a list of, well, I'm not even going to go out with them because they don't meet some arbitrary criteria. Criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, well, self-fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. as you said. Mm-hmm. And I think generationally, there's also another factor, too. When I listen to women, you know, under 40 say, I can't find any good men out there in particular, I, the first question that always crosses my mind is where are you searching for them? Because if you are searching for a great man inside of a club, good luck. If you are searching for a great man at some massive, you know, mosh pit, good luck to that too. And that's not to say that there aren't good people that don't do these interesting and exciting things. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But that is to say that there's certain environments that are more likely to attract the kind of person who's interested in a stable relationship versus someone who just wants to have a really good time. And it's okay for people to choose to have a good time, but you don't fish for a husband in a one night stand pool. You know, like it's just, they're not 
they're not the same environment. So it's important to have a sense of where it is that you're looking for a good partner, so to speak, if you're consciously doing this, for instance. Are you putting yourself in environments where you're likely to find someone who has common interests and values and things that you're into, the things that actually real relationships are built on? Are you are you creating the atmosphere for those things to be possible? And obviously there is, you know, some amount of kismet, there's some amount of if some people were, you know, to believe in, in, in faith or some amount of spirituality in the process and the list goes on and on, but there is a part that we play in it. And if you are shopping for a partner in an environment where people don't do serious and committed relationships, you may find yourself struggling to find the right kind of person. A bar is generally not where you're going to find a husband, generally not. So I just I think that on some level, you know, finding that right person has something to do with where we're putting ourselves to look for that. Well, first, I have to say that I've hung out in a lot of bars (laughs) (laughs) and it was never with the intention of becoming a husband. (laughs) Tis my point. (laughs) Thank you for that affirmation. I appreciate that. Tis my point. Uh, I've hung out in a lot of places without the expectation of being a husband, <laughs> right. but bars in particular. Uh, no, I think you you make exactly the right point that um, where you look, you know, you fish where the fish are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit crass, but you no. know, if if you if you I don't uh, think that's crass at all, you know, <laughs> it, it very much depends upon uh, you know understanding that. A huge percentage, I don't know what it is, but a huge percentage of relationships are, are somewhat serendipitous. They're either uh, somebody that you met uh, in, a, in a working situation or, you know, through a friend. Um, you know, there's there's some kind of however tenuous um, connection that, that brought you two together. Whether it evolves beyond that or not remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But I think also that, um, you know, the the to get back to this question of, of how we filter in or filter out um, possible um, uh, mates mm-hmm. uh, is an interesting one. Um, interesting because it, of what it reveals about us, mm. not about them. Right. Um, and, and I think that it's it's okay to have criteria. I'm not trying to suggest otherwise. Right. We want you to have standards. Right. But when those when those criteria are, and I used the word earlier, arbitrary, that is to say they're based not upon something that's a value judgment about the quality of people, but a value judgment about something external. Mm-hmm. I won't deal, you know, I won't date anyone who's of this faith. Mm-hmm. I won't date anyone who's of this religion. Mm-hmm. I won't date anyone who's of this race. Mm-hmm. I won't date anyone of, and you start going down that list. Mm-hmm. That's when you're beginning to reveal who you are, who you are, right? Your prejudices mm-hmm. or preferences or preferences. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think you have an obligation to yourself to be honest about those things, you know, to be ec- not implicit, but explicit about them, to have the conversation with yourself that says, why do I feel this way? This way about it. Absolutely. I would also, I want to revisit, although you thought it was crass, I thought it was spot on in terms of you have to fish where the fish are. Going with that kind of analogy, I also want to say that you also have to be mindful of what your bait is. 
So <laughs> if you as a woman are trying to find a husband, but you're meeting a man while you are scantily clad, expecting that that is going to produce, while it will give you attention, it's not going to give you intention that you would want. So you've got the attention, but you have the wrong intention as a byproduct of what your bait is. If I attract you based on physicality, then I can't be surprised that the relationship drifts only in the direction of physicality. If I attract you based on spirituality, then I, I, w I won't be surprised that the relationship has a deep spiritual center to it because that's how we met our bait was very different one to another. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a life partner, then you might want to be thinking about whether or not you're baiting in a way that's going to attract what it is that you want. You don't want to have bait and switch, which women, I'm sorry, I have to be honest, are very classic for. That I am one way in order to get your attention, but I'm a different way once we're inside of a relationship. And it's important that we don't do that. If you want somebody who's going to to be the guy that's going to go to, to mass or service with you every Sunday, then meeting the guy in the bar while you have on a dress that is three sizes too small for you is probably not going to attract the guy that's going to be there on Sunday when you want to go to mass. Yeah. So being mindful um, as you're fishing, if you want to catch bluefish, it's a different bait than if you want to catch <laughs> shark. Okay. So you want to put out the right kind of bait. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, we'll we'll pound this one into the ground <laughs> with with one more fishing metaphor. Um, if you keep going to the same place, you will keep and you catching. never catch anything. <laughs> find a new hole. Yeah, <laughs> find some place else to find go. A new watering hole. Because this obviously is not productive. Um, and I think these are some of the things that people do that that get themselves into uh, in, into those traps. Absolutely. Well, this is a, one of those topics we could probably talk about <laughs> endlessly. Times, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, but but we've run out of time today, and so we're going to bring it to an end. But we hope that you'll be back next week to hear what else uh, we come up with, <laughs> or or our listeners come up what with. What other fish will we put on the table? <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, we thank you for for. Uh, uh, listening to us. Uh -huh. We love uh, hearing from you. And so if you'd like to write to Alvian, you can do so at alvian at lovelife.digital. Or Douglas at lovelife. Well, really, it's Doug. Doug at lovelife.digital. We want to thank Kamaria, our producer, and Todd, our recording engineer, for bringing us back together with you again for another week. We'll see, see you soon. See you soon.